0: We are delighted to have back with us Greg Pallast, Best Democracy Money Can Buy, among other books, Greg Pallast, gregpallast.com, and he has been on the battle to fight for your vote. Now, Greg, before we jump into this, it is sort of mind-boggling. You certainly did pick the story. Now you've got Every major corporation, just about every major corporation in America, is going to have to take a side, one side or the other. I mean, that is sort of extraordinary, right?
1: Well, when I began eight years ago, eight years ago, Dennis, I began reporting for you from Georgia for the Election Crimes Bulletin. And who would have thought that we would have Coca-Cola on its knees begging forgiveness? And saying, yeah, we're, uh, we don't, believe it or not, we don't support Jim Crow laws. Uh, Yeah, it's it's, uh, our time, the ship has come in terms of people being aware and people being active. When we were shouting in the wilderness before, unfortunately, while we now have the awareness, we also have a massive, effective, Um, nationwide attack on the right to vote while it's being called out and identified more. On the other hand, I've never seen such a rafter of Jim Crow laws uh, since I don't think we've had this since uh, uh, Reconstruction.
0: Close it's sort of mind-boggling, although it's not surprising because everybody, all these white supremacists, know what's at stake. It's come down; the line is now drawn. Things are changing; populations are changing. They've made a decision, haven't they? They're going to go for it. They're going to go for the jugular. Well,
1: when you say white white supremacists and what uh, and white power, it's really money power. Let's not forget that one of the reasons to bring in corporations into this fight like what does it have to do with them everything they have been playing a little game of allowing these vote suppression laws to go through and and the restrictions on voters of color because they don't like the color of their ballot which is blue which means higher taxation on corporations or uh, which means um protections for workers for low-income people for minimum wage all the things that that um that uh, people of color and working people want, they have to stop that vote, and low income people I do want to point out that uh, in my reports for you, while we definitely have seen a specific attack that that targets voters of color it 's actually key to voters with low income, and of course, in America, that means the voter of color but um, you know, in Georgia, I've just, I was up all night practically with lawyers from Georgia, you know, trying to put out the fires and the flames and keeping, you know, we have litigation going. and work with Black Voters Matter there. And I work at Fair Fight, uh, Georgia. That's a disclosure that um, I actually do some good sometimes. And, um, uh, but also, uh, you know, let's not forget Texas and Iowa. Iowa, you know, we don't think of that as, you know, below the Mason-Dixon line, but that's where some deep evil is happening in an important swing state and and in other states. So uh, Georgia, of course, is on our mind, first and foremost, because Georgia is where they the Jim Crow tactics are always taken for their first test drive, because they've had to fight um, the demographic reality, as you pointed out. Georgia is now, and this is very important, And unless they've jacked with the census, which is, of course, likely, every demographer says Georgia will now, in the new census, be shown as a white minority state. And, the, and corporate Georgia is a bit in a panic. They give a lot of lip service, but they know what that means in terms of, for example, if Stacey Abrams becomes... Governor, as she's expected to run for re-election, I say re-election because she was elected, yes. three, you know, four years ago, but she yes. didn't take office, as she said, um, that, you know, she has said, we are going to um, join expanded Medicaid. We are going to expand health care. We're going to expand education. We're going to stop uh, Georgia Pacific, a Coke uh, Industries company, from clear-cutting uh, our pine forest and turning Georgia into toilet paper, literally. We're going to stop Georgia power from irradiating our pocketbooks with a ridiculous, expensive boondoggle of a nuclear plant. So it, when we talk about allowing...
0: And a very dangerous one vote, at that, it's, too.
1: It's money. Yes, yeah, it's, it's money <laughs> issues. So, see, remember that behind this, fall the money. It's not just about letting black people vote. It's about letting a progressive agenda advance and they've got to stop it so the corporations have played a, a cute little game oh we're for rights of african americans and, and others to vote as long as they don't actually vote and make a difference in our in and they ta- they as long as they don't actually have the vote where they can tax us so that's why The boycotts on the corporations now and the targeting of the corporations, they've been playing a game. They make money. Basically, Jim Crow has been a profit center for corporate America for generations, and we're calling it out.
0: Okay. Let's let's call it out again. Uh let's start with Georgia and remind everybody's because of you, everybody knows the pizza rule. Uh but yes. it goes beyond uh felony pizza delivery, doesn't it? Way right.
1: beyond. And when we broke the story here on Flashpoints and then in and of course in my writings that it was it literally is now federal excuse me, a felony crime, go to jail for a year handsome a slice of pizza while they're waiting in line to vote. But that caught everyone's attention. Here's where where it's really serious. Deep hidden, and I have a story up a truth out and at GregPals.com called Hidden Horrors in the Georgia Vote Law. Um, the hidden the big horror in the vote law is a provision which allows any voter in Georgia to challenge any other voter in Georgia and challenge their right to vote. This is left over. It was already in the law. That is, there was this kind of Jim Crow provision that allowed basically white citizens' councils to say that black person shouldn't vote. That's why it was there. But it's been fell out of, into disfavor and disuse until, and you might think that this is insignificant, but they changed the law now to say that any citizen can challenge an unlimited number of voters. What does that mean in practicality? Very few people around the US knew that during the runoff election for the US Senate in Georgia in January, a group called True the Vote out of Texas challenged 346,541 voters said they shouldn't be allowed to vote. I want to repeat that, that's over a third of a million voters just, I mean days, days before the runoff said these people shouldn't vote and if they've mailed in their ballot throw away their ballot a third of a million voters um it was now what happened how could warnock and ossoff have won with a third of a million voters tossed the answer is that it went to that they had to use um voters in each of the 159 counties to make these complaints but the way the old georgia law you actually had to know that I had to know that Dennis Bernstein lives in San Francisco not in Atlanta to challenge you as a voter so when they had voters were some of these voters were challenging 14 15 20,000 voters which means they have a they must have a, a heck of a valentine's day list if to know these voters so even the republican Even the Republican boards of elections, of course, under threats from the ACLU and uh, Black Voters Matter, said, we're not accepting these challenges. You couldn't possibly – this is ridiculous. You couldn't possibly know these voters. Now they're authorizing and and literally inviting True the Vote to come back in and challenge another third of a million voters because it's the only way – that the GOP feels that it can win. They can't convince voters to vote for them, so they'll stop the voters. Imagine a private organization, uh, and by the way, their lawyer, who's a pretty fierce guy, is a guy named James Bop. some uh, people may remember him as the guy who argued the Citizens United case, which opened the floodgates of poisonous money into, uh, into our political system. So Bop is threatening. We now have a situation where you can make these challenges and to add force to it. Like I said, even the Republican local boards of elections said, this is ridiculous. We're not accepting this. So they put in the law that any board which refuses to accept the challenges will be removed by a state board, a brand new state board, state elections board, reconstituted. The new state elections board will be chosen by uh, by, governor, by the governor, in other words, Brian Kemp, who, by the way, is run, he will be running for re-election. So you got Kemp is going to run the state elections board while he's running, plus the leaders, the rest of the board will be filled by the leaders of the Republican uh, House and Senate. So you're going to have this political partisan hacks running a state board, which can overturn the decision of any local board which refuses to accept these cockamamie challenges from this group in Texas. It is seriously dangerous, and it's just gotten virtually no attention. This is really dangerous stuff. And of course, as I say, whatever is adopted in Georgia flies across the red states. Say
0: a, a little, little bit land. more about the about True the Vote. Who who funds them? This is a Texas group that came into Georgia to do this operation. Who who say more about who they are and where they are, if you will, coming from? Besides,
1: Texas. well, True the Vote, True the Vote was founded by a woman, uh, Catherine Ingelbrecht, and um, she calls herself, you know, just a Texas housewife. Now, where does a Texas housewife get the money to hire a expensive lawyer uh, from Wisconsin like James Bob? So, uh, my man um, Zach Roberts confronted her at CPAC and said, "You're you're funded by the Koch brothers, aren't you?" And she just would not deny it. We also found out through ProPublica that their new big funding comes from the Bradley Foundation. Now, the Bradley Foundation is actually the new Koch. They're the new Koch brothers, really. They they are putting in literally billions of dollars into right-wing causes, especially the, the right-wing cause of preventing people from voting. And so they've got the big money from the Bradleys and the Kochs, and that's how they can target 346000 Georgians. and God knows how many in other states that they're going after, they were behind the attempted mass purge of one hundred thirty five thousand voters in Wisconsin um back before the this uh, general election. Remember, Biden won that state by ten thousand votes. If they had gotten away with that purge, which they attempted, um, Biden would not have won Wisconsin, of course, you know, uh, it was very close. Wisconsin, Georgia. Uh, Arizona, that's all that needed to be flipped back by 43,000 votes, and we'd have um, Agent Orange still as president. This is serious stuff. And so true the vote uh, has been uh, is, is, you know again, it's big money behind them, and now they now have the state's power to begin wiping out the voter rolls of voters of color.
0: All right. Um, say uh, a little bit more about uh, Texas. Where where else are cutting edge uh, actions taking place in terms of uh, suppressing the vote? W- what's happening? Uh, Georgia is the uh, the focus number one, but uh, yes, this is everywhere all the time. This is omnipresent challenges to the vote.
1: Yes. In fact, I, while well, I am. Well, you know, uh, Joe Biden did call for removing, and successfully, they announced that they're moving the All Star Game, um, All Star uh, Major League Baseball game out of out of uh, Georgia. Where are you going to go? Thirty four states are passing uh, these ugly bills. So, for example, in Texas, there's SB seven, which was signed into law. It stops, for example, the cities because of COVID, were sending out. You know, do you want an absentee ballot? As we have in California, you get a notice, or it's automatic unless you say otherwise. Um, you know, would you like an absentee ballot so you don't have to come in? That's now prohibited. Interestingly, and it even says other groups can't tell you, can't send out forms would you, to get an absentee ballot in Texas. It's also extremely difficult to get a ballot, an absentee ballot in Texas. You have to prove that you're disabled and can't, that you can't make it to the polls. Um, it prohibits drive-in, drive-through voting, um, which was very, very effective in uh, bringing out people safely without dying and having to stand in line. Instead, they stayed in their cars in Houston in Harris County. And it's noted that 50 percent of more than 50 uh, percent of the people who availed themselves of drive-through voting were either black or Hispanic. Gee, who are they going after? And by the way, Dennis, you'll love this. Most of these rules apply only in counties with more than a million people. In other words, you're talking about the counties around Austin and Houston and Dallas, and there's the the cities, which is where the centers of Hispanic uh, and progressive voting. So not all these laws apply everywhere. Of course, they can't because until this year, until 2020, it was Republicans who were pushing uh, people to uh, vote absentee. It's only tr- you know Trump just started this new thing against mail-in voting, but that was a specialty of the Republican Party uh, of uh, pushing their voters to vote by mail. Just like in Georgia, Texas, and Iowa, and I could go on state after state, have now passed laws restricting the hours of voting, first in early voting, um, you know, because they want to eliminate the souls to the polls day. Um, they've cut the hours uh, of early voting, for example, in Georgia to 5 p.m. So, if you're, and like I say, they've they've uh, locked the lock boxes. You can't even, you know, uh, if you want to drop off your uh, ballot into a lock box, they lock the boxes, so you can't even drop off your ballot after 5 p.m. In Texas, they actually, uh, re- despite the massive lines in Texas where people don't have enough time to vote, they actually cut the hours of voting on election day. They've eliminated extended hour voting for early voting. In fact, Houston actually had one day where it was open 24 hours for voting because there was such a demand. That's all prohibited. And again, in Texas, most of these uh, rules apply only to um, counties more than a million people, you know, and you know what they mean by that. So this is happening in Texas and like I say, in Iowa, LULAC, um, which is uh, the League of United Latin American um, Officials, uh, Lulak has sued Iowa, saying that they are, you know, we have a big Hispanic population in Iowa, that uh, they are targeting the uh, Hispanics by cutting hours, especially after-work hours, for voting and early voting. So it's, just, it's, it's all over, but Texas, which has already been horrendous in terms of making it difficult to vote, is making it worse. And it's spreading nationwide.
0: Uh, We've heard of Jim Crow. Who's Eric Crow?
1: Eric Crow. Okay. Well, um, Georgia, if you remember, we busted um, a system called Interstate Crosscheck created by Chris Kobach of Kansas. You know, KKK. Uh, Chris Kobach of Kansas created a system where you could find voters supposedly voting in two states at once. Uh, seven, in fact, by his count, three million double voters or double registered voters. Uh, oddly, people named Jose Garcia in Kansas and Jose Garcia in Georgia. This was adopted in Georgia and 29 other states. Um, when I did a Rolling Stone expose, it suddenly got picked up and uh, in an extraordinary um, victory for uh, voting rights. Uh, it was uh, shut down. Uh, so the interstate cross-check system is shut down, but now his evil cousin Eric Crow, as I call him, is, has arisen. Another system to determine if people are voting in in two from two different addresses or have moved and they're voting illegally. Someone's moved out of Georgia and is voting, uh, and is uh, voting from San Francisco. And Eric stands for Electronic Registration Information Center. Now, are you ready for the wobbly on this? This thing was created by the Brennan Center for Justice. That is one of the top voter protection um, legal services in America. And you're thinking, what? They would created a Jim Crow system? No, that's not what they created. They created a system to help states find people who've moved into their states. If they sign up for, for ERIC, they can get information. These people moved into your states, please send them a card saying, would, welcome, would you like to register to vote? It was split off from the Brennan Center, seized by Republican secretaries of state, who have now turned it from a welcome voter, please vote, into a targeting voters to remove them from the voter rolls. What happened in Wisconsin, the Wisconsin legislature was one of the first to adopt and require the use of ERIC as a purge system, With Black Voters Matter and, and of course, the whole expert team, we went through every single name on that purge list, 135,000. 100,000 of those people that they said had moved had never moved. But, again, it was students in Madison, black people in Milwaukee. Now, with interstate cross-check, with the Chris Kobach program shut down, Georgia has announced it's going to use ERIC to remove voters. Florida has announced it's going to use ERIC to remove voters. I will say California, it was stopped here by the ACLU, bless them. um, But other states are adopting it, and they're running around saying, hey, this is from the Brennan Center. So you've got this kind of liberal cover. And unfortunately, even in the new voting rights bill, which is 900 pages long, and and I don't think there's a single congressperson who's read it, um, there is a kind of backwards permission and endorsement of ERIC and interstate comer- uh, cross-check in the voting rights bill, the new voting rights bill, H.R. 1. So we have to deal with that issue. It's re- And this is one of the big problems. I just was speaking to a, um, I won't say what news uh, outlet, but a very, very big news outlet spoke to me yesterday and said, isn't ERIC the gold standard? I said, there's no gold standard of purging black people. It's, a, it's, it's an enslavement <laughs> standard. <laughs> what do you mean the gold? So what's happened is, they've, <laughs> and one of the problems is, is that because Interstate Crosscheck and Chris Kobach's system was so odious and so awful, once I exposed it was quite clear how awful it was, they said, well, but here's a better system. No, if you are removing, Eric could easily remove two million voters of color innocent voters of color and when i say innocent why are we having any law which removes people who supposedly are voting from another state when no one commits that crime it's that you go to jail for five years dennis minimum and i've never seen anyone caught who you know there's been about four or five people in the past decade who've been caught trying to do this and they all go to jail um it's not a crime. That happens. I literally calculated that you are more likely to be hit and killed by lightning than to cast a double vote from another state. And yet, we do have a lot of Democrats who are actually saying, well, let's use this system because it's not as bad as the other system. Because, you know, Democrats are always saying, well, we're not for voter fraud, but it doesn't exist. As a Liz Sollinger of the ACLU of California has said when she was successfully lobbied against the bill in California. Why are we we removing voters to stop a crime that no one commits? And this is the problem. So I'm very, very concerned that Florida, Georgia, and a couple of other dozen states are talking about adopting the ERIC system to wipe voters off their voter rolls.
0: And All right. let again, me jump in can, here yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: Let me just let people know you're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. That's Greg Palace, GregPalace.com. We're talking about uh, the battle for the vote, and um, I do want to bring you back to HR1. We know that in it can counteract some of these uh, draconian laws, these racist laws that we see uh, being instituted, but it also could have some pitfalls. Tell us, uh, uh, remind us, what it is. Uh, what it can and cannot do, and what are the, the dangers?
1: H.R. 1 is, for the most part, uh, I want to be careful because I'm not partisan, I don't endorse bills, but I want to tell you what's in it. It does a lot of things that are important in terms of disclosure of money, uh, where money comes from, limitations on funding of candidates. It, um, it uh, basically virtually outlaws gerrymandering. Uh, you know, by creating independent panels to, to draw um, representation lines. I mean, it's big. That's huge. It allows things like it requires states to permit early voting, mail-in voting, automatic registration, all the things that make voting easier. It's really quite simple. But in, like any bill, and this bill is, again, just about 900 pages long, mischief gets put into these bills and i'm always worried about that because we saw this happen dennis with the help america vote act after the what people call the debacle of 2000 it wasn't a debacle for the bushes they they stole the white house in 2000 but in response to cries that that we have to fix the voting system uh they created the help america vote act now you understand now people should have immediately thought Why is George Bush helping me vote, and is that a good idea? But it was supported by all Democrats, and we ended up with a system that ended up with the mass purge of voters around the nation. It ended up completely as a negative disaster, the Help America Vote Act. It helped the states remove voters. It centralized voter rolls, which allowed for easy purging and removal and a tax on voters. So what was supposed to be voter protection, it also created the provisional ballot, which at the time was considered a great voting rights advancement. That is, uh, if, you are, if you've been wrongly purged on voter rolls, you get a, a ballot. You still get a ballot that you can fill out. Unfortunately, the Congressional Black Caucus won the provisional ballot, but they didn't get the right to have it counted. That's still up to the same characters like the Brian Kemp's of America and the Catherine Harris's and the Ken Blackwells of America determined determine whether that vote counts. The result was that about 3 million voters of color every presidential election are shunted to provisional ballots. It is overwhelmingly voters of color. And by the way, the number one group that gets provisional ballots, Asian Americans. And of those, one in three are officially tossed out. They don't count. And there's no that's a million votes in every presidential election, Again, heavily Asian American voters, secondarily Hispanic and African American voters. A million don't get counted. And this was supposed to be the great positive reform. It backfired. We have to be very careful about reform because there's some very sharp people like Chris Kobach who know how to slip in these little landmines into a bill, which you know people are looking at this nine hundred page monster and say, oh that's great hr1 i'm for it uh, we got to be very very careful
0: and i i want you to um we talked a little bit about this on the last round in term of, you know after the uh, horrific slaughter uh about the power of the asian american vote uh in georgia and there there's reason to worry why there there would be a backlash and why it might be dangerous for Asians uh, in Georgia. They they certainly um, uh, played a key role in this last election, didn't they?
1: Absolutely. Uh, You wouldn't have Biden, Warnock, or Ossoff taking Georgia without the Asian-American vote. And the Republican Party is truly aware of it, as I told you the story about how they literally arrested Uh, Asian American, elderly Asian American vote registrars on cockamamie grounds, of course, dropped the charges, but it terrorized the community. And, you know, uh, and some of the leaders have told me, you know, uh, you know, without attribution, you know, we're we, you know, people are afraid to raise their heads. They're afraid of the response. And then after the, the mass killing, that certainly reinforced this fear. Keep your head down. Uh, and unfortunately, it is really uh, hamstringing efforts to register voters and get them to the polls because of, of a legitimate fear. Now, the African-American community has gotten used to this type of harassment and even killings. Um, Brian Kemp arrested 10 black candidates for, I think, the school board called the Quentin 10, saying, you know, that they violated some minor rule about Handling voter registrations. No one, no one said they, that anyone stole a single vote. But again, they literally arrested ten black candidates for office. But the African American community has been through this quite a bit and has, uh, a, you know, literally generations of voter protection experience to fight this stuff. And so it's, you know, it's uh, as new demographics uh, communities are rising. And new citizens are are coming into the the voting into the voting sphere. Um, you know, they have to bring with them. You know, as I say, make sure you show up at the at the polls with your water, your own pizza, your ID, and two lawyers. And uh, you know this is this is voting in Georgia, but it's it's voting in Texas, it's voting in Iowa, it's voting in Florida.
0: Wow. Well, uh, finally, uh, Greg, I think uh, it's. Um pretty amazing uh, and troubling that we saw, we haven't had a chance to talk about this on the air, that we saw that arrest uh, at the State House in Georgia and the brutality there. You know, I'm thinking, you and I marveled at how uh, hundreds of criminals (laughs) destroyed the Capitol and left town without being arrested. Uh, And then here's this one young uh, legislator uh, in Georgia
1: really brutalized. Can we add African-American legislator, uh, female legislator, who was literally just... I've been at the governor's office. Those doors, because of civil rights laws, those doors are not allowed to be locked. Just so you know, the crime was committed by the governor who locked the door. She just... Politely locked on the door. Didn't bang on the door. She wanted to be there when he was signing that horrific uh, anti-voting law. He had seven white guys with him signing the law. They locked the door. She was arrested. But let me remind you, Nikema. This is not the first arrest. I was there, and our team was there filming when Nikema Williams, who is another state representative now, she's a congresswoman, took John Lewis's seat. Nikema Williams. Uh, was also arrested when uh, she tried to accept a petition from her constituents in the Capitol building. It was completely legal. It was completely permissible, completely legal. They started arresting her constituents for bringing her a petition, and she said, you can't do that. They're doing something legal. They're handy. I'm their representative. They said, you know, uh, they, they they cuffed her right there. They cuffed Nakeem Williams, now Congresswoman Williams. So this is not New Georgia. And like I say, they arrested 10 black candidates. Now, most people in America don't see that because the cameras weren't on. They arrested Asian-American vote registrars. It's a contact sport. And as you know, if you saw the film on Democracy Now!, when I try to question Congresswoman Handel about her time as Secretary of State shoplifting votes and blocking black voters... The response was that I was literally physically grabbed and they were going to beat the crap out of me. Except, thank God, our cameras were on and they kind of backed off uh, after roughing me up. But this—it's a politics Jim Crow—is a is, a is a physical physically dangerous operation in places like Georgia. They want to make it—they want to make it intimidating and frightening, physically and legally. It's dangerous
0: Well, I, stuff. you know. What? Finally, I mean, it is – things have changed a little bit because of the extraordinary work that you and a few uh, others have done in terms of uh, calling these issues uh, to the fore. Uh, But do you think the Democrats have changed – Enough, understand enough about what's going on, have acquired some amount of um, spine or backbone to take this on because no HR1, no nothing if these folks don't get some courage. What do you think? Has exactly. it changed? I
1: think it's, it, it, there's no question. It is beginning, and anyone who, you have to see the change, because after all, we've been doing this uh, unfortunately too many years. I mean, I never expected that we'd have to keep the Election Crimes Bulletin going for a decade here. Uh, but, it's when we think about when we started, when Chris Kobach was uh, appointed as head of the Voting Commission by Donald Trump. Uh, think about when we had 29 states join the interstate commerce, uh, interstate uh, cross-check purge program, these things were wiped out because people were beginning to learn and get wise. And the Democratic Party has gone through a massive change in one way. And what Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have done, basically initially pushed by Stacey Abrams, and when they saw the result in Georgia – I can't tell you how many times Democratic Party leaders have told me, "Shut up, palace. Stop telling people that their votes are in danger. Stop talking about vote suppression. Stop saying your vote might not get counted. Stop saying don't fill out that provisional ballot because they'll throw it away. Um, stop doing that." I can't tell you how many times. In fact, I was even threatened by by one the Democratic Attorney General of Michigan. She said, "Stop doing it because I, you know, I'll arrest you for disparaging our." Our voting system. I kid you not. This is a Democrat, because they had this wrong idea that if you talk about the theft, people will stop voting. What Stacey Abrams proved in Georgia, and Reverend Warnock, and Ossoff, is that if you say they're stealing your vote, people react and say no. They won't. they they react against it. They say, if they're trying to steal my vote, it must sure must be valuable, so I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote in the teeth of this intimidation. And that's very, very important. When I saw those, you know, in Cobb County, when they closed six of 11 voting stations, that's in Georgia, part of Atlanta. In Cobb, when they closed all six African-American neighborhood voting stations and forced people to drive up to 20 miles to get to those white neighborhood voting stations, that meant the lines were three, four, six hours long. They did it. They would not move. I never saw it. I was all over Georgia. I didn't see one person step out of line, even like at Emory, where there was a 10-hour wait to vote by young African-American students. A 10-hour wait. And people didn't step out of line. And the Democratic Party saw, hey, wait a minute. We just won the presidency and two Senate and the Senate by Talking and shouting about vote suppression, Stacey Abrams changed the whole conversation. It's very different now. It's not hush hush anymore. It's now on the agenda, and now you even have corporations like Coca-Cola and uh, Delta. Uh, you know, I should mention that on you know, and, uh, today uh, there's a big uh, people saying, "Oh my God, uh, Delta is, Delta's chairman came out against the Georgia law." uh the, this vote suppression law but i should say on monday which very few people know is delta also issued from its uh press office a statement endorsing the vote suppression law so when there was a call to boycott delta it wasn't just general they literally endorsed the new vote suppression law and said this will make voting easier and better they actually said that delta and that's what caused the call for a boycott on delta and then its chairman had to come out and reverse everything because, you know, if you want to – the way to reach corporate America's heart, it's through its wallet, and it works. But the Democratic Party is learning, and if the Democratic Party suddenly starts backing up, it will it, – that's when it will encounter a boycott. So I think Democrats are being dragged kicking and screaming into doing the right thing.
0: All right. Well, I hope you're right. That's Greg Palace. You can follow his work at Uh Wonderful work, Greg. We always appreciate the good information and keeping our listeners up to speed on this and the great reporting you do for other sources at Pacifica Radio and, and in the alternative press. Uh, of course, we know that uh, you have been reporting about this stuff for the mainstream media, except in a different country for a long time. <laughs>
1: So, yes, I've been. Uh, uh, I'm. 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 I'm on the nightly news all over the world, except my own nation, where it kind of my reports bounce off the electronic Berlin Wall. But that's why I appreciate, and I hope people appreciate KPFA, Pacifica, and Flashpoints. And so it's a mutual admiration society here, Dennis. Let's keep it until everyone gets to vote. I guess we have got to keep going.
0: All right, stay safe, Greg Palace. Gregpalace.com. Thank you, Greg. Talk to you soon. Bye.